Welcome to the debut episode of Women's Hockey Digest. I'm your host, Stephen Edwards, and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by director of the NWHLPA and Connecticut Well NWHL player, Anya Battellino. Anya, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Good, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. Hey, no, no problem at all. Um, I think this is going to be great. Obviously, this is a chance for um, the players of the NWHL to showcase some of what they can do have a bit of fun, talk about what's coming up in the league and what we'll do on a weekly basis, kind of like have a look at some of the games coming up, look back at what's happened in the past and have a bit of fun along the way. So I, I can't wait for today's episode. Me too. I know. I, I'm excited to have an outlet for the players to to speak their mind or like you said, go off on some things that they're passionate about and then just kind of recap how the week went from the player's perspective. And I think this is it. I mean, it kind of brings me to the first thing I wanted to talk about because when I think about the the NWHL and the players, I think about how approachable the players are and how they've really built a really strong relationship with the fans. I mean, obviously, we know in summer sports, having access to the players isn't always the easiest thing in the world. If you're part of the media, yeah, you do get access to players and you can obviously ask them personal questions about what's happened, what's coming up and things like that. But for the average fan out there, the opportunities really aren't that much. But I think what the NWHL has done is given access to the players for the fans and the players seem to be embracing that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, kind of right on that point is the biggest thing we had throughout the start of the the league is that we had the capability to connect on a different level, whether it was through social media, whether it was through coaching sessions, whether it was through autograph signings at the end of the game. Our players have really married the idea that the fans are the lifeblood and that without them and without having those regular communications, we weren't going to succeed. So I'm extremely excited about the opportunity and and how the players have embraced it and and really um, accepted the role and and moved into the limelight and, and really, you know, started talking about what they feel passionate about and, and being open and honest and creating that one-on-one relationship with their fan bases. And I think this is it. You know, I think the term role model is thrown around quite a lot and it has been in sports for as long as I've been involved in and I'm sure for yourself as well, Anya. Some players obviously embrace that. Some players want to kind of not be associated with that. But again, I think that's very, very different in the NWHL. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone has a voice, and I think that's what we found so important and so, you know, so uh, vital to how these players grow and how the league grows organically. And through that kind of guerrilla marketing approach, is each player is their own advocate. Each player, you know, there's no agents, there's no, you know, big company supporting these players. It's the players and how they feel and respond and how things grow from there and how they portray themselves is is honestly just, the professionalism and the the clout that women's athletes have because they need it. Um, so we're proud to give them the mouthpiece, and especially in something like this and the partnership you and I have formed yeah. is is giving the players the the place to speak out about things that they care about and create their own, um, you know, kind of not destiny, but create their own life. They can create their own things that they're passionate about or companies that they partner with throughout the entire organization by just speaking up and being vocal. And that's, something that we can be proud of no and i think this is it i mean something that we will look to do on future episodes is when we have players on is we won't just talk about the games themselves well it'll be another outlet for the fans to contact the players because i would be in like q a sessions inviting questions from the fans as well and again it'll give them another chance to be able to do that and i think that's great you know the players are going to embrace this and be able to you know kind of again show off who they actually are and kind of see what it's like to be somebody on a day-to-day basis 
doing something that they're very, very passionate about. Yeah, and that's the fun stuff. When we can leave the rink or we can leave the, uh, the locker room and go sign autographs and connect on a one-on-one basis or, you know, watch someone purchase my jersey and tweet back and forth with <laughs> them and, you know, kind of have them tag me when they wear it. Things like that, you know, light my day up. I'm sitting there thinking, that is amazing that I've created this connection and created these, these linkages from people through sports that are so impactful. So giving them the capability to kind of, um, you know, have that fun look into what these players are like and, and more of a day-to-day approach and more of a, you know, inside the mind of for these players is going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be definitely uh, a very different approach to answering six questions for the media after a game and kind of going and taking your shower. It's going to be the idea of, what does this player think? What do they like? Do they make jokes? Are they the prankster? Are they the trickster? Yeah. Are they the, you know, more serious type? Are they the analytical type? You know, you'll find all that in this podcast. And that's, that's the, the best part of it for me. Absolutely. I just want to touch on something you just mentioned there just a moment ago around the, you know, somebody wearing your, buying your jersey and obviously tweeting at you about that. Do you not find that still a little bit surreal? <laughs> I definitely do. And I was laughing, actually. I was sitting with a player um, on the Riveters. We were watching the game. And someone walked by in her jersey and she said, can you believe that? And I was like, what? Believe what? I thought she was talking about something on the ice. <laughs> and she goes, that's crazy to me. Like, that is so cool. And I don't think that will ever wear off. Like, every single one of us, when we have somebody reach out and say, hey, I believe in what you do. You know, I purchased your jersey. I'm a big fan. Or, you know, have a little kid show up in your jersey. It's like everything inside your body melts and your heart just is like exploding. And you're like, are you seriously a fan of mine? Because that is the, that is the coolest thing. And, and I always joke around um, and say that my fans are more family. And I like tweet and someone's like, Oh, you misspelled family. I'm like, no, because that's what they are to me. Like everyone that jumps behind what I'm talking about is part of my family. They're part of my, my crew, my people that believe in me. And, and I love the fans. And I always think it's so wild to see, someone tweeting about buying my jersey I, I i could think of a hundred other things they could do with that money um but but supporting my dreams is is one of the things that they they thought was important to them and and, and is important to them and isn't super important to me so um yeah no the novelty never wears off and it's it's actually like sometimes hard to put into words how that makes me feel and from my understanding, isn't it that the players do get a percentage of the revenue generated from the jersey sales as well they do. And, and that was something that the PA and the league sat down and thought to continue um, or actually agreed to continue into season three. It was, you know, if something is co-branded, if some kind of uh, apparel or shirt or whatever it may be is co-branded with the player, that player is going to receive direct revenue from it. And that's important. And having our players have that connectivity and someone saying, I want to support the players directly. I'm going to buy this jersey. The players in the, in the league split that revenue equally and i think that that's extremely important so um you know when we move forward and somebody does purchase my jersey they are impacting how i live my day-to-day life but also you know they're just continuing to promote the sport which is another inspiring piece to that something that came obviously out today is the nwhlpa has announced the members of its board of directors i mean obviously each team has two player representatives alongside yourself Anya. What do you see as like the big objectives from your point of view and the rest of the representatives going into like the next 12 months? When we start to look at what the PA should be doing in the first year, and this would be 
you know, kind of unfair. We have had a PA in, in years past, but this is my first year uh, from start to finish as the director. So I'm going to call it the first year for all intents and purposes. You know, what we look to accomplish is to really create that wish list. And that will happen within the first two to three months. What it is that we want as players, what it is that we want as um, athletes and, and how to negotiate those terms with the league moving forward. You know, we, we say, oh, X, Y, and Z are important to us. And then as the league grows and changes, those things grow and change as well. So first and foremost, you know, for us, it was how do we talk about potentially um, aligning ourselves with different companies so that we have free gear or that we have some kind of deal so that the players can purchase their gear. Um, you know, and then the league moves forward with a partnership with Warrior and New Balance that gets us, um, or excuse me, not, not necessarily a par- partnership, but that, you know, beneficial relationship where we play out of their rank and, and we get their gear, gloves, helmet, things like that. Um, and it's how do we deepen those relationships? How do we really work to make the players feel like professionals and feel like they don't have to go buy their sticks or whatever it may be from there. And, and that was something that was important to us. And we moved forward with that. And that was extremely exciting. Uh, so now we'll, we'll probably restructure and grow and, and think about what's next on our agenda. Um, is it some kind of um, additional benefit or is it some kind of, you know, something along those lines that I'm not necessarily sure because we haven't uh, started for initiative planning yet, but we definitely have some things in the works that we're excited about um, and how to grow the youth game is huge for the PA and how that helps the players and how that helps the, the league as a whole. So um, I'm kind of rambling, but to that point, there's so many different things that could potentially fall on our plate um, that I know that this group is going to help me, A, <laughs> organize my thoughts, but also take on some of those roles that they're going to be given within the board and, and really hammer them and be really successful. So I don't necessarily know what we're fighting for yet, but we're, we're going to develop that soon. And of course, with this uh, podcast being endorsed by the NWHLPA, we'll obviously be catching up with Anya and her representative various times during the season and see what some of those initiatives are, how they're working out, what kind of things are upcoming for you, because I think it's going to be a really exciting league that's coming league season's coming up i mean this is now season three and it's an interesting one because obviously you don't have the olympians playing as part of the league this year but what do you make of the standard now compared with maybe what it was like in season one yeah i think that the the, the quality has definitely changed in the term of um you know it's not necessarily a proof of concept anymore we're not trying to say hey will people come to our games or Will people support this league as it grows and develops? It's, it is here. It's moving forward. People are hungry for women's hockey. So it's getting the best quality of kids and, and um, women playing within the league and, and kids supporting the league and, and really growing to the point of, you know, just because you are in market and happen to play hockey doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're going to get picked up on that roster, right? It, it's definitely us trying to clean up who's in the league and um, from a skills perspective, but also make sure that we have the right representatives and make sure that the people moving forward with the league believe in the message and believe in the goals and are ready to hear mentality where we will be putting the best quality of player on the ice, as well as have the right people there to build the sport. So uh, it's a little bit of a dual focus, but I think that this year, some of the new stars that are rising out through the, through the organization, you'll see, not necessarily a huge miss from the Olympians. Uh, skill-wise, they're outstanding, and we look forward mm. to watching them fight for that gold medal. Uh, but we don't necessarily feel that 
there's some huge gap now. I think now you're going to see some players expand into some new roles and, and have a lot of success doing so. And I think this is it, isn't it? You know, you, the, there's players before that may not have been given a chance if the Olympians had been on the roster. It's a chance for them to step up and show what they can They can do. It's like, you know, like a, a rookie that comes into the league in whatever sport, you know, they get that chance. And it's whether or not these players embrace that and all of a sudden, then they're going to be the people that um, that the fans latch on to and they want to buy their jerseys and they'll then become like the fan favorites. Absolutely. I mean, and there's there's definitely, um, you know, a, a, I have a good cultivated following from just being a, a transparent person in the league. And that didn't always respond or correspond to me being the starter of every game or, um, you know, scoring a million goals or, you know, whatever it may be. I was just a hardworking, dedicated person that engaged with a group of people that really embraced what I was doing and what I believe in. And I think that's some of the some of the reasons why the shutdown defenseman, you know, and now moving up to forward, which is a, a bit of a change for me. Um, but what was a pretty sleepy role and what was a pretty um, not flashy on paper role, uh, I've done a really good job connecting with a group of people that now support me and believe in me. And, and that is something that any rookie has the capability to do. I mean, my inaugural season, we were all rookies kind of sort of, right. Cause yeah. it was the first year, but now as rookies come through the, the ranks and they say, I'm going to embrace this aspect of the new role, or, um, you know, I'm going to put myself into the limelight and I'm really going to embrace that connectivity through social media. Um, you know, they're going to see that success and I'm really excited to watch them grow and change and, and figure out what, good looks like to them and what engagement looks like to them because it changes person by person how much of a challenge is it going to be for you obviously because this coming season you're not just going to be a player but obviously you are going to be the director of the players association as well and i know you're very busy with other projects as as well so you do try and juggle a fair amount of things <laughs> i do I, I actually was talking about this i volunteer coach for a, a tier one program a youth hockey program i yeah, I have a full-time job, which in that job, I do a lot, a lot of traveling. Uh, I'm the head of the PA. I'm a player uh, in our in our league, and I'm also learning a new position. So I've now kind of gotten that conversation from, from coach where, hey, we're going to look to add you on forward and yeah. see how your defensive mind helps with some of the forechecks that we're going to be doing. Now that like scared me because that's a whole new job on my plate <laughs> is learning how to uh, balance and change and grow as a hockey player. So I've basically reached out to every single person that plays the role that I think I'm going to be playing on my team and said, help all capital letters. And I have players that I reached out to on other teams or my own team that are just like, yeah, dude, like let's sit down, let's work on some stuff. And, and so that's a whole nother kind of job that I have. But I always say, you know, it might be hard right now, but there's going to be a day where I wake up and I look at where women's hockey is and where we were able to get within this league and we were able to push the envelope on the equality in women's sports. And I'm going to say, holy crap, I'm tired. And I don't even know if I've <laughs> eaten in the last week, but look at what we did. And, and that's worth it to me. So right now, when Friday hits and I'm absolutely gassed and I'm going on the ice for pregame skate and then getting on the ice on Saturday and trying to muster up all the energy I have, it's pretty rough, but it's it's for the benefit of the next generation. And so the second I see a little kid with their face pressed against the glass, I think you'll make the right amount of money. You'll have the right benefits. You'll have this life that you never knew what this felt like 
and yeah. that is going to be worth it to me. And I think this is it. You can look at yourself. That, I mean, uh, you and the, the, the rest of the ladies at the moment are playing this game are the pioneers. You're the ones that are setting the standards and, and driving this league forward for the growth of women's hockey, not only now, but what the future might look like. Absolutely. And that's, I think, a, a passion that keeps a lot of us motivated. I know that there was a lot of struggle and a lot of uh, confusion and hardship when it got to last season salaries getting cut. And as an entire league, we said, let's look at what this could be and not look at what's happening right now. And obviously we were you know, put in a position where we had to think about, you know, were we wronged to a point where we have to stop or is there enough here to salvage and grow? And it was extremely powerful watching people take that mentality of we are going to stand and fight for what we believe in and what, what what's right, but we're also going to continue to grow and develop and we're going to continue to push the league forward and we're going to love the sport because we love the sport. So, um, you know, my role became 10 times more complicated, but watching people say, yeah, you know what, this is worth this to me. Let's continue to fight and let's continue to grow and develop was a, a really impactful, was really impactful to start my job. It was, it was a great feeling. Um, so, you know, we're going to try to continue to push those, those initiatives and, and really have that, you know, benefit for the next generation. And obviously, I know we've spoken about this in the past, but obviously one of the big benefits this year is obviously the the game of the week that's going to be on Twitter and and the worldwide exposure from such a major player in social media. I mean, that, that can only be good. I mean, I know, let's say, we've spoken about this in the past, but you can't understate the importance of that going into season three. No, and watching every single player, you know, go nuts on their verification on Twitter, it is such an amazing feat. And, and you don't think about it until you get that little blue check and you feel like, okay, I did something here. And watching the league turn around and say, you know, the league was verified, the teams were verified, but now let's fight to get all of our players verified because they deserve it. You know, and, and every single player getting that blue check was just the, that moment where everyone was like, oh my gosh, we're doing something here. Like, let's go, let's get fired up for the season. Uh, and watching some of those feeds, and, and that's something I've been doing, is every time we have a Twitter of the Twitter game of the week, just watching the feed and watching how people are able to engage and connect and tweet, and then thinking about, okay, well, if there's a you know somebody that's injured or somebody that isn't dressing for a game, how do they get involved with that conversation? How do we have our teams live tweeting? How do we how do we create that ecosystem where people feel like they are wholly connected? And having, a, like you said, a major worldwide player like Twitter leaning in and saying this is valuable and important and we're going to push this is, is outstanding. I mean, I know when they, they got involved in the, uh, the, the WNBA, I mean, it made a huge difference to them. I think the first game that they had had over a million views. And to put in some kind of perspective, um, I think the National Women's Hockey League All-Star Game last year on YouTube only had 6,000 views. So you can see the difference right. there by getting in. I mean, YouTube is a big company itself, but getting in a major player like Twitter and getting them to showcase your product and how much, I mean, how many people have a Twitter account? I mean, I, you know, I've had one for years. You know, a lot of people have these things. It can only be good for the game and people being able to access that. And I think it's, it's a great move. And I think it's very much mutually beneficial. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I completely echo what you're saying. It's the way to engage now. And it's, it's so impactful to have people. You know, I, I tweeted it when, when the uh, Devils partnered with the league. 
to have people accept powerful women and stand behind them and not in front of them is awe-inspiring. And watching a company like Twitter stand next to powerful women or even behind powerful women and let them shine is something that we, we can't go, let go unnoticed. You know, we can't let people just think, oh, great, Twitter started doing this, like, good for them or, or good for the league, right? It's good for women. It's good for it's good for the growth and development of equality as a whole. You know, as they stand behind powerful women, they're allowing women a, a platform, a place to speak, a place to grow, and you know that is invaluable. As you say, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think as a, we we can only echo those thoughts. And I think it's it's going to be a game changer as the season goes along. It's made my life a lot easier being able to watch the games. I know we've talked about it before that there was a, there was a slight issue with one of the games, but the last game this past weekend, there was no issues whatsoever. And I was able to watch the game and it, it makes my life easier because I want to be able to watch the product and I think it's going to be great. I think something I'll, I'll touch on now is around the what you just mentioned there, the relationship between the Devils and the Riveters. I mean, how impactful is that? You know, the NHL getting involved... And, you know, having that partnership there with, with one of the teams in your league. It is, you know, I keep saying it's a game changer. This offseason, we did so much to procure meaningful partnerships yeah. um, and people that are willing to, like I said, just stand behind powerful women and watching a team like the Devils who have such great fans and really such a powerful group behind them stand with us and unite and host a, a two game or excuse me, a, a double header to start their season off or to start our season off. It's, it's something that you, you really have to look at and think you decided to be on the front line. You decided to, to, you know, put something out there and partner with something that was innovative. Like they're innovators and they're, they're changing the experience for the youth development in that Metro area. And that is something to be inspired by as organizations lean in and start helping the youth, young girls, young boys, you know, women in sports, they're saying it's equal. We believe in it. We're going to take that declaration of principles that the NHL and the NHLPA put out and believing that hockey is an entire group um, and put resources towards it. And that is, that's the definition of a leader. That's the definition of an innovator and watching you know, the devil's organization stand up and be the first of, of what will be many people to start supporting women's hockey on a high level. It, it's, it's outstanding. No, I, I can agree more. And I think it, we are going to see more uh, relationships like this and it can only benefit hockey as a whole. And, and that's kind of how I look at it. You know, it's not just, you know, men's hockey, women's hockey. It benefits, it benefits the sport. I mean, when I think about the thing that I get entertained the most by when I watch sport, it is hockey. It's a great sport to watch live. It's one of those things you can go out there and have a really great time. There's something there for everyone. It's the one sport where I can get the whole of my family to go to. I can't get the whole of my family to go to any other sport. You know, my, my youngest absolutely loves it. I mean, we've spoken about this in the past and my wife likes it as well. So it is very much, I think, you know, the family orientated, family orientated sport, I think, again, you know, increasing the popularity of women's hockey is going to be great and having that partnership. And I think something else I think, you know, obviously we've, we've obviously started seeing as well is the importance that the NWHL was put into 
these out-of-market games and looking at potential places that it could expand to. Right. It's testing the water and, excuse me, and making meaningful partnerships with with people. So we were able to do an out-of-market game for our all-star game with the Pittsburgh Penguins. We got their marketing capabilities. We partnered with them on that one. And we blew up in the Pittsburgh market. We have people tweeting us every single day, please come to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Anya, when are you coming to Pittsburgh? We need you in Pittsburgh. We need women's hockey in Pittsburgh. And then this year we were able to partner again and bring a CT whale game down to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So it's things like that where when we test that, test the water with an out of market game and we get an overwhelming response and we sat outside of the the all-star game and we were signing autographs for two and a half hours. There was a line out the door around the corner, sitting down, signing autographs, making those meaningful connections, touching the lives of people that don't regularly see women's hockey live. Um, and, and, and really just getting that support. So, you know, kudos to the Pittsburgh Penguins for being such a great, uh, you know, organization, you know, they're the same, the same boat. They're willing to support us, promote us, speak about us, tweet about us, get their fan bases interested in what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just inspiring. And of course, there is no bigger hockey town at the moment than Pittsburgh. The Penguins are the <laughs> reigning two-time Stanley Cup champions trying to win a, win a third cup at the end of this season. And so it is, the, it, hockey is like a hotbed there at the moment. So to get a place like that and an organization like that interested in trying to grow women's hockey, it, it, it's, an inc- it's incredible. And as you say, you've got a another out-of-market game down there. The site for the National Women's Hockey League All-Star Weekend hasn't been announced yet, but from what I understand, that is going to be in another NHL city. And I think, again, that's only going to be a big event for the league. Absolutely. I mean, the All-Star game is the best of our best. And every time we're able to touch a new market with those people, it gives you a smattering of different players throughout the league, which is phenomenal. You know, it's not just these two market teams or it's not the home team and the away team. It's the best of the best, but it's everybody. And it's different. It's different walks of life because it's people that are selected by the, the captains. It's people that are selected by the fans. It's people that are selected by the media. And it makes for a great experience and a great hockey weekend. And we always host a clinic and we bring youth out onto the ice with us and we engage on the youth level all the way up. And I think that that is, like you said, the all-star game is an experience. It's a, it's a great way to start your relationship with the NWHL. And every time we're able to touch a new market with that, we are effectively just creating more and more of a fan base. Every time we're able to move and shift and grow and, and be that, you know, organization that can just kind of pick up and show up somewhere and put on this great production, it gives people that entertainment aspect of hockey. But also, holy, these are women. I didn't even think about that. You know, and we always hear that when someone sees our game that has never seen women's hockey before, be like, these are women or, you know, I didn't know that, that, you know, women could do that or I didn't know the game was that fast. And so, you know, every time I say, you know, just watch the game, just bring a friend to a game, they will fall in love with women's hockey. So, you know, every time we're able to touch a new market, every time we're able to touch, you know, a new group of people or have a kid come to a game that he or she's never seen before. It's just creating fans, but it's creating hockey fans. It's not just women's hockey or, you know, the Boston Pride fans. It's people that are falling in love with the sport and 
that's our job is to create, grow, and develop the sport of hockey. I'm talking about touching uh, like new people, new fans, and looking at something a bit different. Obviously, you've had Russia over um, playing various NWHL teams in the preseason. What were your general thoughts on, on how those games went? I mean, they were phenomenal. That team, we have played them, um, you know, year over year. So we've seen them multiple times. And watching that organization grow and watching them prepare for the game and watching them have new stars flourish and sending some of their players to play with us for the inaugural season, it is hugely impactful to watch the sport of women's hockey grow in a place like Russia that's, that's hungry for hockey. You know, they, they do such a great job and they've gotten year over year better and better and better. And it's, it's phenomenal to see and I'm excited to watch them perform at the games because I know that team is, you know, charged up and ready for it. So I thought the games were extremely competitive. I thought they were, you know, testing us in ways that we haven't been tested yet. Yeah. And a company or excuse me, a, a team like that, that organizes and, and practices and plays all year round really pushes the envelope for these teams in the NWHL that have kind of just started gelling or just started practicing together. I know for, for the Connecticut whale, we had maybe two, three practices before we faced them. Mm -hmm. And it really forced our feet to the fire and said, who's going to shake out as a leader? Who's going to shake out as the goal scorer? Who's going to shake out as the defenseman, the goalie, things like that. And that is really a fun thing to watch is watching a powerhouse like Russia and watching that team grow and develop come play our teams that are, you know, just starting to figure it out, just starting to gel or just starting to figure out who your line mates are and meet new people and, you know, force them to, to kind of meet the challenge. And, and, you know, they did a great job and they had some really strong competitors out there. And it, it, I think it really started the season off well for these players. You know, they're, they're ready. They're, they're hungry. They want to be on the ice and they faced a pretty rough opponent to start. And I think as well, for anyone who hasn't seen international hockey, it's the same game, but the European teams do play differently. I mean, if you watch the Swedes, you watch the Finns, you watch the Russians, you know, the Czechs, they all play the game different than the Americans and Canadians, the way that they set up and the way that they play the game. So even that is a big challenge for the NWHL teams because they're playing against systems they may not have seen before. Absolutely. And the physicality of the Russian team is, is, you know, they're very physical. They play a very physical game. And on the Olympic stage, that's going to fare very well for them because teams haven't been challenged in that way. Um, so I, I think they're, they're going to do very well this year. Uh, but for us, it was, like you said, forcing us out of our comfort zone, forcing us out of, you know, a, a stacked eye and more into that man-on-man, go-to-the-puck type um, kind of forecheck. It, it was really interesting to watch us and our coaching staff to kind of like adjust on the fly and, and watching our systems get better and better shift over shift. So, um, you know, it does change. They are a physical team. I know I got a, a little splash on the elbow, but, um, you know, it makes, makes us better. It makes us better every single day to play teams like that. So it was so great to meet that organization from top to bottom. You know, I'm sitting there with uh, my puppy on my lap and the GM of the Russian program hanging out and petting, petting her. And like we were chatting and, and just, you know, that camaraderie that lives within hockey was, was so great. And meeting them and, and having them come and really infuse our league with some change and some difference. You know, we have four teams. You can get sick of each other. It's pretty easy. Yeah. And having that organization come in and, and help and support and, and 
train our teams for for season was was great no and i think it, i think the word i would always kind of use which is the one that's thrown around the the, the hockey world quite a lot is it's like it's a hockey family and, that, and that's exactly Absolutely. what it is you know it's, it's a, a massive community that you're all growing together yeah you're all competing for the same prize but at the same time you are growing and for anyone that's listening to that, i'm sure that you know hearing it in your voice hearing it in my voice is the fact that you know we want this this league to grow and it has the opportunity to grow and this weekend is the opening weekend of the nwhl season you've got metropolitan hosting boston your connecticut whale are having their home opener now i can tell that you're excited for the season to start but how do you think connecticut are going to do you, you've talked about you know some four checking that's maybe a bit different than what you've done in the past you've got a new coach coming in there what are your general thoughts around the whale going into the new season you know i think we've changed completely i was saying this the other day we went from a finesse type team that looked for those long beautiful passes those breakaway type goals and we had absolute consummate goal scores and, and really just, you know, what I would call pretty hockey. Yeah. We've gotten to a point where the market that we have and what we've done this year and what I think my coach has done a really great job of is the hardworking team. He's cultivated the idea of the hardworking team of the power in the corners. No way you get by me. I'm going to die before I give you this puck type team. Mm. And we have the exact right players to start to attack that type of mentality. And, you know, we go from what was a pretty challenging eight to one loss against Russia. Um, you know, a lot of it came from playing that complete aggression forward defense um, and having that, you know, challenge of being aggressive in all zones and being, you know, shrinking every single zone and playing that type of hockey. We let up a lot of odd man rushes. I mean, I think it was like, 17 odd man rushes which right. you'd think oh wow well they must be bad but it's not it was just an adjustment so then the next game we played them we let up maybe two or three and it gets to a point where that is us clicking and getting it and working as a team and then the next game it was uh two to four at the end of the game or two to three at the end of the game and then russia scored a late goal and then scored an empty netter which was you know a great finish by them but very encouraging for connecticut whale fans to watch that game and say okay, they woke up, they started to understand their system, players are communicating better, and you know this is going to be an exciting team to watch. So I cannot wait, but I also think that the fans have noticed the growth and development and change within our organization and are excited for what is next for the whale and ready for us to kind of you know, get gritty and get in the corners. And, and when we come out, we're going we're gonna to leave with that Isabel Cup. I think if nothing else, you've already won one thing this upcoming season you you have the best jerseys in the league that, let's face it there is no question <laughs> there is absolutely no question we have an iconic you know color set we have an iconic yeah. group we have an iconic idea from the hartford whalers and how to play off of that but make it you know one step further and and really brand the connecticut whale as you know the team and i think we have the sickest colors so i'm just going to start there but <laughs> You know, people are missing that jersey, that green, white, yeah. and blue jersey. And, you know, we give it to them. And we have that really cool wave. And we've gotten the, the you know, one-color uniforms before. But now we've kind of moved off into a, a white and, and um, blue approach, which I think is sick. And I'm so excited to see it because, you know, I, I think you look good, you feel good, and you play good. So 
you know, we look good. I think the team's starting to feel good. And, and now we're, we're getting to that point. Where we're playing really well and we're, we're gelling and we're going to be a, we're going to be a force. Well, the new season is only now just days away, um, but that just about wraps up tonight's episode. I'd like to thank Anya for joining me on Women's Hockey Digest. You can find all the relevant social media links in the notes of the episode. Every week, I'll be joined by players from the NWHL to discuss all things NWHL from their perspective and a whole lot more. As I said, we will be having a laugh and we'll give the inside scoop on the players and what they get up to and, and everything else, and obviously be accepting questions from the fans as well, but... Where can everyone keep up to date with everything that's going on in the NWHL and also the NWHLPA as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can find any news on the NWHL at NWHL on Twitter and online at NWHL.zone, Z-O-N-E. And for the PA, you can find all of that on Twitter at NWHLPA. So we make it pretty simple. We'll have a a tab on the, the NWHL website for all PA relevant information and that will be player perspective, notes, things like that. And if you're looking for more of me, you can find me at Battalino A. So find us on Twitter, engage with us, tweet at us, send us pictures of you in your jerseys. You know, we love to see it. We're so excited to grow the fan base. And thank you so much for the, the first episode of the Digest. I'm so excited to be uh, spearheading it with you. Hey, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a great venture, something that we, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks or so. I think it's, it's going to be amazing for not only for the NWHLPA, but for the NWHL, the players. Everyone's going to have fun with it. And I think it's going to be really great. But for now, I've been your host, Stephen Edwards. You can find me on Twitter at TalkSportsStephen. You can find the podcast at WH Digest. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. All the details will be in the episode notes. But until next time, it's a good night for me and watch some hockey this weekend. <laughs>